after Johnson. Johnson still going. Oh, good. Welcome back, Surly Talk Sports, on your Wednesday Melbourne Cup Boxing Day, the day after the great race. Of course, she went down yesterday, the pony race, which stops two nations. Jesus at Big Fizz was down in the Viaduct myself in the mixer for the TAB, whipping up some content. Jeez, were there some sights to see. It's bloody good people watching. Man, do people get around it? The old fashion was pretty out the gates and pretty steam people too. By the end of the race, a fair few New Zealanders had had a few too many Waitakere daiquiris but that is exactly what it is all about a bloody good race too and if you got on my tips yesterday that I chucked up on the Instagram story then she was happy days maybe part of your mortgage repayment is paid courtesy of Surly if Trey Songs is Mr. Steal Your Girl then I'd like to think my new nickname is Mr. Tipper Pony because now I've gone the old Caulfield Cup the Everest the Cox Plate and now the Melbourne Cup great stuff of course was on the winner as well as hit the old box Quinella as well didn't have some big bickies on it unfortunately didn't chuck the house on actually still trying to repay off and get the house back from ASB after chucking it on the Warriors to beat the Bronx in that prelim final but I'm now back to a minority owner so hopefully by the time the 2024 NRL season rolls around the old property will be back in my possession so we can go again but a great race huge fizz good to see some punters out and about as well. A couple Warriors lads at HQ getting into their work. You love to see that. Overall a successful day though. I believe she's the biggest single day of punting in the TAB's annual calendar so that is great stuff only had a couple champagnes myself of course on the tools so gotta be responsible maybe next year could run a cheeky little surly event down at HQ or one of those establishments to really get amongst it that would be good stuff but if you had a flood of yourself hopefully you backed in some winners and she's a heck of a start to the week for you in terms of weekend chat while we're speaking of festivities a pretty big one last weekend shout out to the mighty coat sevens who went the big lift in the North Harbour Sevens competition, came away with the chocolates after humping Massey in the final, a true rugby union hiding, 24 points to 22, winning it on the siren, iconic scenes, and up the mighty coats, of course, had to celebrate that one, teach a few of the new boys fresh out of school what coat culture is all about, a big shift there, then ended up in Shy Guy, old SG, the Kiwis came through as well, post their historic win, which we'll touch on shortly but great to see those lads actually shared a bit of a hug with Dylan Brown bloody nice to be embraced by him one of the great New Zealanders after a huge performance individually from old Dillbag so that was pretty special stuff a big night though paid the price on Sunday actually went along to Daikoku haven't been there in Yonks used to go there every Sunday as a bit of a hangover tradition always brings you back to planet earth and I've got to say one of the great feeds boy did I miss it nothing better 
sitting down dusty around 1pm on your Sunday Arvo, we went to the Albany one which is always top shelf stuff, ordered the old gourmet lunch, you get the prawns as the entree, then you get some chicken, some rice, some salad of course, you've got to keep things healthy when you're trying to bounce back, coke no sugar, sticking on the healthy theme, after a massive night on the old Waitakere daiquiris, the last thing you need is some more sugar in your system, and then just cover all of that with yum yum sauce, one of the great sauces to ever be created, certainly does live up to its name, it's bloody yum yum that's for sure, and then following that, you're back, you're up and about and ready to rip into your Monday, so shout out to Daikoku, shit have I missed that establishment, and fair to say, I'll be frequenting it more often again as the old silly season rolls around, but of course you're tuning in today to hear all the latest and greatest that's happening in the sporting world, so we'll cover off some rugby league, a bit of rugby chat as well, the weekly wrap, tick off the NBA, the black caps, shit, we're hanging on by the skin of our sacks, but you best believe we're going to make it through to the semi-finals, and of course we'll wrap her up with the Q&A before I send you on your way, so please Plenty to get through, so without further ado, let's rip in. It was a collective sigh of relief from Warriors fans all around our great and proud rugby league nation on your Friday Arvo. Once the news was announced that Adam Fanua Blake would be remaining at the Warriors for 2024. I mentioned last week on Surly Talks Punton on your Friday morning that I thought the best option, the best possible result to come out of this immediate release request was that he would stay for 2024 and then we could have a bit of time to find him a home for 2025 as well as suss a replacement for us to make sure we didn't really get shafted out of this deal and that's exactly what happened thankfully Webby, Cappy and Cam George were able to jump on Zoom and convince the man with the Shakira hips the greatest prop in the game to remain at Mount Smart for next year this was the exact news we needed on our Friday to really kick start the weekend and show that the 2024 Premiership plan is still well and truly in play boy was I rattled when this news came out that he was seeking the release on compassionate grounds of course I'm glad that they were able to come to a bit of an understanding of course the plan has always been Robbo even mentioned it in my podcast with him last year for the Waz that 2023 that was the year where we set the stage then 2024 that was the plan to win the damn thing so if we'd lost Adam then that would have taken a massive blow we welcome back RTS and CHT like I said last week double barreled last names coming out the wazoo to lose our biggest one would have been a real shame but thankfully that is not the case and that is not a prospect we're going to have to deal with the big fella he is locked in and he wants everyone to know he's committed and ready to go about his work so massive stuff there for the lads from Penrose I do wonder if rumours that the Dragons were the main contenders to sign and maybe thought fuck that why would I want to go and join that loser club and maybe that made him rethink it even more but this is massive news for our club and like I said before that 2024 Premiership plan is well and truly back on track. Next year is our year. We have all the assets and the players to get the job done. So fingers crossed, it'll be another career year from the big fella and he can churn out another Dally M prop of the year performance and maybe even go the lift and try win the big medal. Shit, would that be good? But bloody pleasing stuff, the ultimate way to kickstart the weekend and all felt right back in the world again, because for about 48 hours there, Warriors fans were in absolute 
turmoil. Then off the back of that, she was a great weekend for rugby league here in New Zealand. The Kiwis, shit did they turn and probably the best 80 minute performance I have ever seen from them. 30 points to nil, a record win over the Roos to win the Pacific Championship and hand our Aussie mates their worst loss in their history. Held them to a donut, which is pretty crazy to think when you cast your eye over that team sheet, there's so many attacking weapons, some genuine rugby league throbbers. The fact they couldn't cross the chalk over that 80-minute period, a true testament to our lads who well and truly put the key in the wee. David Kidwell, he would have been watching somewhere with a stiffy off the back of that shift. So great stuff from the boys. The Hamilton Manor well and truly got the lads over the line and shit did they look good throughout this game. They wanted it way more than the Aussies. You could tell it from the onset. Hiss and Hucker again, back to back hisses from the boys but this week no stare off which I also think was crucial in getting the result. We also received the kickoff, which was great. Meant Jermaine with a Y couldn't put it dead on the full and right from the opening whistle you could see the intent in the boys eyes. Fair to say Aussie, they weren't on our level I don't think they wanted it as much as us and I actually received a couple photos last week during the week of some mates of mine on the steam with some key Aussie players I won't mention names but maybe they just thought they could rock over to the Tron get the dub lift the old Pacific Championship and head back to Aussie all sunshine and rainbows fair to say the backlash for them from this performance there's many punters now across the ditch for calling for the likes of your James Tedesco's and co to never wear the green and gold again so tough scenes for them. The Kiwis though, we were elite and we demolished the ruse in every aspect of the game. Listen to some of these key stats. We ran for 2,124 run metres compared to their 1,346, almost doubled them up. We had 33 missed tackles compared to their 51. That's a half century unheard of stuff there. We had seven line breaks to their nil. What absolute losers. And then probably most importantly, the most crucial stat in all of rugby league in my humble opinion. We had 758 PCMs compared to their 469. That is a true domination and a world class display of not only nut trucking but just staying in the fight. Fast feet, that'll get your dubs and this was a testament to that. In terms of some standouts for me, Jeezy could go through the whole team 1-17. to 17. Everyone put their hand up. The starters were all on point and then our bench really added some fizz off the Remu. Leo Thompson, again a wrecking ball. Gryffindor name, the bloke from Greymouth, dotted down for a meaty as well. Iconic scenes there, but I thought Ronaldo Mulatalo, he probably had the game of his life. As the great Kane Evans famously said, he was folding some guns. Snapped Valentine Holmes in half down the sideline, scored the first try of the match too, so if you had him as your first try scorer, she was happy days there. Thought he was really up for this one. Always plays with so much passion. He's a bit of a cheeky fella and seems like one of those guys if he's not on your team you hate to play against him if he's on your team you love to play with him but he was chirping all day long and certainly rattled some feathers boy did he let Val know that he had just rattled his rib cage Jermaine with a Y Isako of course his opposite winger he continued his hissing 2023 form two meaties and then four from five nudges off the rubber he was raising the touchies flags left right and centre he scored 18 of our 30 total points 
What a footballer he's become this year. Really, from the sewers to the penthouse suite, his form has been impeccable. And I must say, geez, he's an impressive human in person. Saw him in Shy Guy, of course. Like I mentioned, all the lads were there. He was wearing a nice little linen button-up shirt. And man, did he look the part. You could tell he was an athlete, built like a brick, traps of doom, got all the genetics. Good looking, bit of a glamour too. So great stuff there from Jermaine with a Y. Then on to the halves. I thought new close friend of the show, Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes both had a great day. They were running the footy, playing some good code, engaging defenders left, right and centre. I'm all about my engagement. Their kicking games were on point too and they both dished up a couple nice try assists. What an exciting combo these two are going to be in the years to come for the Kiwis. Of course they're both still pretty young, especially Dillbags. I think he's only about 23 so he's got so much more time in that Kiwis jersey and they just conduct the game so well especially when they're both on song so top shelf shifts from both of them and the Ford pack James Fisher Harris fuck me he is one scary bloke set the tone as always a real follow me type of operator rocking the head tape after that cut he suffered last week already with blood dripping out of it it seemed like from the first contact he just flies in whether he's trucking the nut or hitting blokes on defense it's always a hundred percent intensity and he is one bloke I would not want to meet on a dark alley truly scary stuff and maybe he could be someone we try grab in 2025 if AFB does depart our shores, but the standout for me in the higher numbers in the Ford pack was Joseph Tapanea. Team high 33 tackles, just the one miss. That's about 97% effective rate, if my quick math is correct. 197 run meters from 19 carries and 87 PCMs. That is great stuff from a guy as well who is playing out of position, playing that locking role. Again, another one I'd love to see Webby and Co. get their hands on. Of course, Cappy, he knows him from the camp. Raiders, so maybe a little bit of a wink wink nudge nudge going that way he could play lock and replace Tohu in 2025 if our great skipper does decide to hang up the boots but a massive shift from Joey Tarps and he looked like he was bloody enjoying himself too but the man of the match for me and it's no surprise again topping off a massive yeah Mr. Reliable, Mr. Safe as Houses, take a chance on me chance nickel clock start, CNK my lord, words almost don't describe the shift that he put in, played with a broken rib too, tough as nails what a New Zealander, but he ran for 277 run metres off 30 runs. That is elite. Six tackle breaks, two line break assists, a try assist, and triple digit PCMs. 101 of the things. Raise the bat. How good was that? Post game two, gave a truly heartfelt speech about his family, what it means to wear the jersey and never giving up. I think persistence was the theme of that one. This guy, you just can't not love him and I can't wait to see him out there with that Warriors logo on his left hit early doors in 2024. He's the ultimate professional and someone that I think is just so important to have in a locker room. What a year for him. Wasn't wanted at Canberra. He shifted down in their stocks. I'm sure Ricky Stewart will be punching himself and it's only funny you know Madge he's an assistant coach there now Chance has ended up being his most important player or one of what a shift from the Warriors fullback there was one negative for me and unfortunately you got a touch on it and that was that disappointing crowd only 13,500 turned out to watch this spectacle 
I did see some of the ticket prices and they were bloody steep too. I think it was up to 90 bucks for an adult to get into some silver seats, which is just not six more. That's 10 in the bin type of stuff. But it was a little sad to see. And I noticed that the Aussie media has really picked that up and run with it, saying that New Zealanders don't get around the greatest game of all. We do love a winner though. So maybe if this game was played again this week, it would be bums on seat stuff. I also think if you're going to price it at 90 bucks, then you're really going to struggle to sell out some of those seats that are televised because I do understand the stand that wasn't in the broadcast picture was pretty full and shit did that crowd 13,000 of them they made a lot of noise so that fills you up with a bit of pride as well but it did add a bit of a dampener to the occasion and you'd think if this was again this week at Mount Smart you'd like to hope she would be packed out but overall a great spectacle arguably the greatest performance I've ever seen from a Kiwi side or a Kiwi side in our history to hold that Aussie team to nil after they brought back their big dogs and Payne in the Haas, Tino Fasua Malawi and Liam Martin. That is almost unheard of. Backs against the wall, we stood tall. So well done to Madge and the team. And it just goes to show with more TIS, time and saddle, which you all know I'm a huge proponent of, we could well and truly be the best footy side in the world. And like James Fisher Harris said, this is our time to think we we were without three hookers in Brandon Smith, Jeremy Marshall King and Wellington Phoenix Crossland. Old Poppy Foran, Kieran Foran had to lace up, strap up the knees and go about his work. Boy is he as tough as they come and he played some bloody good football too. No discredit to him but with those three in the mixer, again we would have been an even better footy side. We probably would have put 50 on those Aussie losers. So signs are strong. Up the mighty Kiwis, well deserved lads and good to see them out and about celebrating it because it's not often you pull off victories like that. Fingers crossed though, it's a sign of results to come in the next few years. Jumping across to Rugby Union and you may be wondering, Surly, what the hell are you going to talk about in this segment? Of course, no code on the weekend. The Rugby World Cup, she's all done and dusted. Super Rugby, those squads actually get named tomorrow, I believe, so I'll run through those. But first thing I wanted to touch on is old mate Wayne Barnes, who's called time on his career in the middle. He's hanging up the whistle. That yellow jersey will no longer be seen in the middle of the footy field. He ends our most capped referee in test history, A hundred. 11 tests throughout his time. I think he started in 2006 as a bit of a young lad. I think he's only in his early 40s so it's quite sad to see him hang it up but he said he's bowing out due to the amount of online hate he's receiving. He just can't sustain it anymore and that is bloody sad to hear. Of course if you're one of those people DMing refs, athletes or teams after a loss then I think you need to uppercut yourself to take a quote out of Eddie Jones's book. It's one thing to chuck it in your group chats with your mates and have a bit of a rant but to then go out of your way to message the individuals or the team that you're talking about is just a bit too far for me and that's a whole nother kettle of fish so sad to see his last game was that Rugby World Cup final again I thought he was pretty good I thought it was more the TMO that should be coming under the scrutiny but off Wayne trots into the sunset well done lad thought you did a pretty decent shift many rumours he's retiring to his condo in Cape Town courtesy of Springboks Rugby 
rugby. Who knows? Let's see where Wayne pulls up. But I just wanted to tip the hat to him because he is the most capped referee in test history and you don't get to do that many games if you don't know what you're talking about. So well done to old Barnsey on a pretty bloody good career. Like I mentioned before too, Super Rugby teams, they get announced tomorrow, Thursday morning our time. The Chiefs and the Drua, they kick us off at I think 10am. Then you have the Landers and Rebels, Moana and the Tars at 12pm. And well done to Moana too. Good to see they've started to recruit really well. Of course, they picked up Julian Savia. There's rumours that they're picking up a couple midfielders from around the province that are pretty handy footballers as well. Tana Umanga at the helm. They've poached Tom Coventry from the Blues. That's a pretty handy coaching staff. So hopefully they can become a real force in the future. I believe they've moved out of Mount Smart as well and set up home at North Harbour Stadium. The old dog pound, which can only lead to dubs. So promising signs for them. Then you have the Canes and the Brumbies announcing theirs at 1pm. The Blues and the Reds at 2pm. That's controversial stuff, teaming up the old Bloods and the Crips. And then 3pm, you have the Crusaders and the Force announcing their teams. In terms of some news that we already know, early doors, some player movement. We have Angus Taoval heading back to the Blues, which is a pretty massive signing. One I was pretty surprised to see. Of course, he's been a huge part of that Chiefs manner, that culture that they've built down there. But a handy pickup for the Blues to add another all-black prop into your propping stocks. Incredibly handy, especially because they're losing guys like Nepal La La La. Then Cade Banks, speaking of Harbour Rugby, good to hear he's picked up a full contract at the Blues as well. Keep an eye on this kid. He's a real up-and-comer. Used to play for Taka, now plays for Mahu, of course, in the North Harbour club scene. And if he gets an opportunity, I think he has what it takes to really excel at the top level. So keep an eye out for him for the Crusaders. Of course, they picked up Lee Halfpenny, and he will join their coach in Rob Penny. So a bit of patternry there, big on the pennies down in Christchurch. But I'm keen to see how Halfpenny goes. I think he's a bloody good signing. I see they've copped a bit of flack around this, and why wouldn't you develop some young talent from the Crusaders region? Of course, they lost Fergus Burke. Ramika Poihepi was playing at 10 for Canterbury towards the business end of the season, but he is with the Chiefs. I think they are a bit short in the backs. They signed Ryan Crotty, and now they've picked up Halfpenny. I think that's really good for experience. It's going to be a pretty young Crusaders team, especially in the backs. They're losing so many players to offshore. So I actually do rate this signing, and I think he'll add a lot to this team. He's a bloody good goal kicker as well, a sharp shooter, and we all know the Crusaders. They're not afraid to go up in threes and losing Richie Moanga. So pretty acute stuff there from Waterlad podcast host and friend of the show, Jimmy Marshall, and signing old half a dollar to their club. Also, I think they've picked up Jeremiah Murray as well, that Northland winger. If you watch your Bunnings Far Cup football this year, he was the bloke scoring tries left, right and centre out on the wing for the Tanifa. I think he's on a train and trial at the moment. Future brother-in-law of Sean Shooter Stevenson, and this kid is a weapon, so if he gets a chance, I think he could quickly become a household name as well. Got Razzle to burn, speed, and a great finishing ability, so hopefully he can end up on the sting for the old Cranberry Cruisers. For the Landers, speaking of young talent, they've picked up Jacob Ratamaivuki Nepkins, of course the Taranaki fullback this year. Spent a couple years at the Blues, pretty limited chances because of how stacked they were in the outside backs, but he's another with time and saddle, TIS, and getting some minutes into his legs. He could be a genuine throbber as well, so I'm keen to see how he will go down there because he'll get every opportunity to be the star in their back line. There's also some big chat around Shannon for 
is our trying to get out of his deal in Japan. So hopefully New Zealand Rugby can pull that off. Shannon, he signed early doors last year, but had a massive 2023. So now he's keen to stick around. Obviously, Razor sees him in his future as well. So hopefully they can pull that off because that would be massive for the Landers. In terms of my way too early call though, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a prediction. I think the Chiefs are going to be bloody hard to beat in 2024. They do lose Brody. They lose Brad Webber. Sam Kane, he's now off to Japan as well. Skipper Sam, congrats to him. Chasing that lucrative yen for a year. Bit of a chance to clear the head. I believe he'll be back for that first All Blacks test. So that is a win-win and bloody well deserved from him too. A chance to put the feet up and earn the big bucks while still getting to wear that silver fern on his left hip. But they still have the likes of guys like Samsung Sony, Old Samasoni Takiaho, Tupo Vai, Samapeni Finau, Luke Jacobson, Damian McKenzie, ALB Shooter, Amoni Narawa, and then they also have guys like Cortez Ratama who will step into that Brad Weber role at nine. Joshy Lord, he'll come in for Brody Retallick. They've just got so much talent coming through. It really is Throbber Central in that squad. So there's my way too early prediction for you for your Super Rugby. I'm not sure if the odds are up yet at the TAB for your 2024 outright winner, but if it is and you're a real code purist, I would recommend chucking a lazy tenner on that one. I think the Chiefs manner after losing the final last year. Of course, they always say you got to lose one to win one. I think they could be in for dubs in 2024. Weekly wrap time now. Let's rip into the cricket and, of course, the Black Caps. Tough scenes for them. They score 400 runs and they lose to Pakistan, courtesy of the rain. So a big up yours truly from me to both Mr. Duckworth and Mr. Lewis for implementing that system. What an absolute joke. Of course, it's a great one when the results work out in your favour, but boy, is it a tough pill to swallow when it doesn't. Shout out to Russian and Kane. What a duo they are. Of course, Captain Kane, his first game back in the saddle blast 95 runs it was like he hadn't missed a bloody day and then Russian 108 runs what a performance from that hot to trot duo good to see this young lad just continuing to go from strength to strength and he's got to be most improved player of the tournament if not your MVP he'd be right in the mixer because shit has he been unreal so we score 401 for six wickets after 50 overs and I well and truly thought we had that one in the bag was checking the game on my Sky Go live from the Northcote 7 steam up and I was giving it the big ones saying that we'd secured our tickets into semi-finals cricket credit to Pakistan though they came out firing with Remu in hand a real one dog at Whanganui start for them 200 for one they finished after 25.3 overs before the old rain she started pissing down and the umpires had to call it a day Fakar Zaman and Baba Azam both putting in huge knocks with Fakar really living up to his name and blasting 126 runs off 81 seeds and elite innings for them which saw them steal the victory and get the two points but luckily the mighty caps we remain ahead of them on net run rate so they joined us in joint fourth on eight points but luckily our net run rate is higher than theirs so we just hang in there in fourth position by the skin of our sacks Aussie did us a favor last night too so full credit to them I often say they're one of my most hated sporting teams in world sport but you've got to tip your hat where it's due so cheers for them for going the big lift it was squeaky bum time for them at one stage they were taking on Afghanistan and they were down 91 for 7 chasing 291 it looked like things were all over and no doubt the Black Caps would have been watching in their hotel 
absolutely shitting bricks, but luckily up stepped the big show, old Glennie Maxwell, fresh off brain cell depletion after falling off the back of a golf cart, surely a result of Canna Hole, and if there's one thing I know about a big day on the golf course, Canna Hole, is you always bounce back and bring in your best performance a couple days after that. That's exactly what the big show did, 201 runs off 128 balls, he blasted 31 boundaries, 21 fours and 10 sixes, double digit, that's 60 runs from sixes alone, if you couldn't do the math yourself in your head, that is truly elite stuff, the Anzac spirit that showed through, the Aussies, they got the dub and if Afghanistan had actually won that, they would have leapfrogged us and possibly knocked us out of a semi-final cricket, so cheers to our mates from across the ditch, we still hate your cricket team, but really appreciate that W there, which sets the stage for a massive final pool game tomorrow night, 9.30pm, this is a true bums on seats game, Thursday night on the caps up against Sri Lanka, say Lessi Rayasi, we need to win this one to advance and we also need to keep our net run rate high, she's a straight shootout between us and Pakistan, they play England on Saturday, that last place England side may I add as well, what absolute losers to try and defend their World Cup title from 2019 which they shouldn't have won, bloody super over, the mighty caps were robbed to then rock up looking to defend their crown and come dead last behind teams like the Netherlands and Bangladesh, that is bloody embarrassing stuff, but a big performance is needed from our lads, hopefully we can bowl the Sri Lankans out for sweet fuck all, and really advance into the semis in some good form, because our last few performances, they've been a little worrying, look you could look at that one last game, 400 runs, you have to be happy with that, we pushed India, so a couple of our losses have actually been pretty good on reflection, I think it was only against South Africa where we really shat the bed, but speaking of India, if we finish in fourth, we're going to have to take them on in that first semi-final and we're going to need to be in bloody good form. I did say though before the tournament got underway that I had a feeling we'd lose to India in pool play and then beat them come finals time so hopefully that was a bit of an omenry there, got into my oracle work, it's a scary matchup but first we need to pump Sri Lanka in order to book our ticket there so fingers crossed that Thursday night on the caps goes exactly how it should. Over to your NBA, geez that's humming along, no games today unfortunately but there is 14 tomorrow so rip into that, that's a true Thursday on the couch in your undies and go get amongst it, the old in season tournament, the first edition of that, that's got underway as well, the first round happened the other day, some bloody cool courts out there, of course I think they're being played in Vegas or the finals are anyway but it looks like 2k courts, the teams have really got creative, the old graphic designer has whipped up some doozies, they're in different singlets and it does have a pretty cool feel about it, I'm a big fan of this and I think in the future we're going to see it change a little and become only better, I'd love to see a straight knockout elimination type of setup where teams just go at it head to head, you lose, you're goners, the other team marches on but it's been a good watch so far and I'm excited to see it advance because there is a bit of incentive there for the players, half a milli each if they lift the trophy.
trophy and it gives it that kind of football type of theme. You know, you got your Champions League, your Europa League, all those big trophies that add a little more to the season as she advances. Shout out to Victor Wimbanyama as well. Holy dooly, what a freak this bloke is. 38 points the other day against the Phoenix Suns and he's really starting to get the hang of this NBA thing. I think his first two games, they were a little tough to watch. He was just trying to work it all out. But this kid is a freak. He's so tall, so athletic and what a shift he put in against the Suns. Seeing him go against KD was like watching two aliens from outer space, real life Space Jam type of stuff. He's just so long. He's never out of a play. He's often about five metres away from the ball but by the time the player elevates to shoot, he's right in their face and pulling off block shots. So he's been a real pleasure to watch. He's certainly lived up to the hype and the Spurs are actually going pretty decent as well. Not going decent is that new look Clippers side with Jimmy Harden in the saddle. They suffered a first up loss to the Knicks yesterday. Of course, it's still very early, only the one game, but I still don't reckon they make the playoffs. Maybe the play-in, but I just can't see this working. There's four guys there that all want the ball come the main stretch. They lost to the New York Knicks, Julius Randle, Jesus, he having a tough season. His shooting stats look like a tour date for a rap concert. Four from 19, five from 20. Tough pills to swallow and there's lots of chat that the Knicks are going to want to move him. Who will want him? I'm not quite sure. There's viral videos going around of him walking back on defense. So the old stat magnet, he's a great bloke to have a punt on for some double-doubles because he really does stat pad, but he's certainly not affecting winning. So the Clippers, a tough start to their new look. Big four, can they turn it around? I'm still not sold but I'm interested to see how it plays out so a massive couple days coming up in the world of the NBA strapping it's always pure entertainment guys like Luca, Anthony Edwards the Joker all putting up massive numbers bloody good stuff and then finally for your weekly wrap I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Wellington Phoenix it's not often I give them a plug on here and I'm not going to pretend to be a diehard fan if I was down at a game in Welly, you best believe though I'd have the shirt off waving it above my head and going the big lift but congrats to them they're going great guns sitting in third I believe to kick off this A-League season and they had a 5-2 win on the weekend which I actually watched and it was bloody entertaining code and it's convinced me to watch more of the Phoenix's games moving forward. They roll the dice and certainly do chance their arm which makes for an entertaining watch. Shout out to Oscar Zawada, the old Polish Punisher scoring a hat-trick. Big fizz stuff there. What a guy he is and a bloody good footballer. I think he's off contract next year so surely he's on to bigger and brighter things like where he came from but it was a good watch like I mentioned so get up the mighty Knicks and you got a new fan in Surly. Not sure if they're playing at Eden Park this year like they have in the past but if they do might have to get along and get around the lads Q&A time now and cheers to everyone who fired through your questions as always some bloody doozies here let's rip into the first one any new signing rumours for the Waz now that Adam is locked in yeah this is a question I get quite often almost daily on the old DMs the Waz fans geez are we elite at trying to find new recruits and I gotta say the best thing around that whole Adam speculation was some of the DMs I was receiving around possible trades we're not unimaginative us Warriors fans that's for sure I was 
was getting things like Fisher Harris, Joey Tapane, and then three player trades in return. Unfortunately, the NRL, she's not the NBA, would have made for some bloody exciting stuff though. In terms of some new signings, look, nothing in concrete. Certainly haven't heard anything through the rumour mill at the moment. There was plenty of rumours going around about a Saifiti twin possibly joining us from Newcastle. And I know Cappy and Cam George, they've both gone on the record and say that they're pretty keen to sign an experienced prop to really bolster our front row stocks before next season. So maybe that is a chance. Again, complete rumours, so don't quote me on that and watch this space, but I'm sure they're cooking something up, like I say so many times, in Webby, we trust, and Cappy and Cam George, they're smart operators as well, so I do think we'll be making some additions, we do have a couple top 30 spots, we also have some young guys really coming through that I know the club is keen to invest in and develop, lads like Zion, Lekka, Dimitri Sifakula, I think Kalani going is going to get a lot of minutes next year with the departure of Joshi Curry as well so the future is bright we have some great homegrown talent coming through the ranks that I think we're going to see a whole lot more of next season but I do agree I think picking up an experienced prop like the club has signalled that they want to would be a massive addition for our squad as we start our premiership march in 2024. Next one coming through from Taylor, speaking of Warriors, but it's actually an NBA question. Thoughts on the T-Wolves beating the Nuggets and the Celtics? Yeah, look, you're obviously a diehard T-Wolves fan, and I give you plenty of shit for it, because over the last few years, your team has been absolutely trash. But well done to you for sticking out the tough times, and it looks like you're being rewarded this year. They've handed both undefeated teams their first L's, and looking pretty good too. They've got the best defensive rating in the comp. Rudy Gobert, he's back on the block defending that rim cat he's actually playing some basketball too which is promising signs and then ant he's looking every bit that superstar that lots of people predicted he would be this year so pretty good start and certainly look like a playoff team so far can they keep it up that'll be the big question hopefully the lakers can absolutely put them to the sword so i at least have bragging rights on you there horse the next question comes through from henry lee and he says surly mate i want to know what nba player you would play like the most if you played basketball great question that look I'd like to think I'd be a young LeBron type maybe an Anthony Edwards you know jumping out the gym athleticism galore highlight plays deluxe just constantly topping your ESPN plays of the week but fair to say I think I'd be no chance of that though the old knees they wouldn't last a second on those hard floors 82 games in a season playing every second day I'd be an ice bath's worst nightmare those ice packs those game day recoveries the works I'd have to do it all to get out on the court so in terms of a player comp I'd like to think I'd be a really poor man's Ben Simmons, you know, rebounds and assists, high nightly numbers in those categories, but I couldn't shoot a shot to save myself. I have a saying when playing NBA 2K, open locks, money in the box, that would be more my job, I think. Get him those teammates, your open locks, hopefully I'd be surrounded by snipers who can knock them down. A pure effort player, full of heart, never give up, so almost the opposite to Ben Simmons in that department, but I'm just thinking, you know, eight rebounds rebounds, eight assists, two points type of operator, maybe knock a couple down from the charity stripe, the old three throw line, but even then I'd probably be clutching at straws to make a couple of them, wouldn't sit out because I'm no quitter, but I certainly think probably most fair, the old poor man's Ben Simmons, but look, he has been an all-star, he's been one of the best players, so the ceiling is high, but also the floor is very low, great question there though Henry mate, would be interested to hear who you reckon your player
comp is too. Could see you as a bit of an Austin Reeves type of operator myself, but who knows? He's a bloody good player actually, so take that as a compliment. And then finally, the last question comes through from Sam Tracy and he says, go to hangover feed to bring you back to life on a CD Sunday. I mentioned it before, actually very timely question there from Sam. Daikoku hadn't been there in a little while, but that's got to be up there. It was a tradition for about 10 years. Whenever we were bounced out, all the lads, the wife, a couple of other gals would all go along to Daikoku, mainly in Takapuna, and really rip into some yum yum sauce, some chicken on rice to try and bring us back to life. As of late, it's been more dominoes on the couch type of operation. You don't get a lot of Uber Eats out here in Fenor Pie, so you're really limited for choices. Although I do notice since going to France and coming back, there's been a bit of an update and we now get burger fuel and everything that the great Westgate has to offer. So that has been eye-opening. It's almost like a whole new world out there. Nothing better than an Uber Eats app update and all of a sudden the world's your oyster. But yeah, Daikoku or Domino's, the two Ds, they're probably my go-tos. If you're feeling really adventurous, you could maybe chuck in old Punjab Kitchen, a butter chicken curry mild, although that would put you through the ringer. Good to see though, a couple people sent me photos from Punjab Kitchen as well, taking up the recommendation from last week of the back of Travis's question. Hope you bloody enjoyed it. The thought of that sauce already has me licking my lips, so maybe I'll be making a date with Destiny there tonight. How good is the old butter chick? But cheers for your questions, four of the best. Bloody appreciate you all. Right, so that's us for Surly Talk Sports this week. A bit of a quicker episode, I think, judging it off the top of my head, but hope you enjoyed it as always. Of course, I'll be back here on Friday to cast you through the weekend of sport ahead and hopefully pick out some winners on the punt, courtesy of the TAB. The old rugby league, she may be over for the year. Sad times, pull one out for the homies, but never fear, Vegas is fast approaching and the 2024 season is just around the corner to review up. I think the lads are actually in to their pre-season work at the moment some of them anyway I think RTS Jazz and Co was speaking to a couple of them they're back in the mixer next week the international lads back in December so you can almost smell it crazy scenes of course no rugby either but we've still got the Cricket World Cup the NBA your NFL so much to punt on so I'll catch you on Friday for that but go well enjoy your day in the meantime Melbourne Cup Boxing Day stay strong and push on through if you had a couple cold ones yesterday back against the wall you too can stand tall how good